Welcome in, everyone, and thank you for listening to the 111th ever episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast, brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the Revel Advertising Studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts, Cameron Albert, alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan, Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today, Kyle? I'm great, Cameron. How are you? I'm doing well. Um, Kyle, are you doing great because it finally uh, got cold and you love the cold, awful weather here in Springfield? Uh. Yeah, I'm great because of that. But I also am great because literally, as you were saying your introduction, I get a phone notification. Yes, that phone Le'Veon, call. A phone call that Le'Veon Bell is headed to Kansas City. Is he really? Wow. To be Kansas City Chief. Breaking news. And I just sold off Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in my fantasy league like two days ago. Wow. So couldn't have timed that much better. And that's why I'm great. Wow, that's incredible. Also, yes. Uh, regarding football, uh, football season. Uh, Missouri won a football game. Oh, yeah, they did. And I'm also great because of that. Oh, yeah, we're about to talk a lot about that, especially considering, um, spoiler alert, there's no game next week. Um, we're going to spend a healthy chunk of time talking about this LSU win. Uh, but, Kyle, settle down. Before we do that, we do have some news. You know I get a little amp sometimes. Oh, yeah. Don't we all? Uh, we do have some news. And we'll start it off with a little bit of basketball news. And we got bad news for everyone, especially us. We were looking forward to you it. You love spilling that bad news right off the bat, don't you? No border war this year. No K- no KU-MU basketball game. We're supposed to be at the uh, T-Mobile Center there in Kansas go. City, Missouri. Not the Sprint Center. Don't call it the Sprint Center. Yeah, that's outdated news. But, uh, yeah, th- this actually really sucks. Um, I was really looking for th- I mean, this was the highlight of this basketball season was playing Kansas uh, in a year that it seemed like it was very realistic that Missouri could win. Um, and it sounds like, from what I've heard, that Kansas was the reason this game will not be played. Of course. they. I think this was going to count as a home game for them, so obviously they w- don't want to play the, the game in front of a small crowd and not and, and lose out on the revenue, I suppose, um, when, it, when it's their turn to, to host the game. Uh, and also, I'm sure Kansas realizes that uh, they may not be as good this year as they've been in the past. So I don't know if that has anything to do with it or not. But regardless, they're it's yeah, they're scared. That they're yeah. absolutely scared. That's yeah. all it is. They're scared and money. You know, scared of money. course, that's you know, just chalk it up to that. Um, it seems like I don't know. It seems like they could have figured something out. I think. So I, I hadn't really thought about the revenue thing that, yes, it's technically a neutral site, but Kansas gets the revenue from it. What if Mizzou was just like, we'll split the non-revenue of this game, and why don't we just split 50-50 all the Sprint Center? Um, all the times that we're at the T-Mobile Center, we'll just split it 50-50. And so none, neither one of us loses out this time and or we both lose out equally because we're splitting everything 50 50. uh bill self cannot be reasoned with cam uh get your rationality out of here you think you think bill self had that much to say on this uh probably honestly um he's the overlord that is Kansas basketball <laughs> i can only hope that one day we'll have a mizzou basketball coach so successful that he can just dictate uh every uh, every aspect of the athletic department like yeah. that that would be a fantastic thing to see actually so yeah well and i don't really know how this works either but uh, because apparently this year was supposed to be the kansas home game they were they were the the home team uh so next year the series will continue or begin i guess but it'll start at allen Fieldhouse, so which doesn't make any sense to me so they're, they're not gonna, just pushing it back they were okay so i'm asking you well i guess that must be what it is they're just beginning the series next year and kansas is the home team but not but not at the team mobile center. center yeah so so strange how many of these did they have do they have quite a few six six i think i think and so. it was two home two at kansas two neutral yes yeah i don't know man better get rid of this one yeah uh, it's yeah i guess yeah kansas just needed time to rebuild a little bit get a get a couple of recruiting classes under their belt so they can be competitive i guess that was probably the main reason uh also basketball related kyle you're gonna have to explain this one to me uh winter 
athletes have been granted another year of eligibility by the NCAA. It is confirmed. We talked about uh, a couple weeks ago there was going to be a vote. We weren't sure how that went. Well, they voted to extend eligibility for all winter athletes. This year? Yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we don't have an answer for how this is going to work for football we don't have an answer for how it's going to work for basketball and this is probably one of the strangest years that it could happen for mizzou basketball considering the like mass exodus of players we would normally have to to graduation and all that stuff i mean we're supposed to have like six or seven new players probably come in next year yeah so who are we actually looking at so tillman mitchell smith drew smith drew bugs that's four mark smith Mark that? Smith. Uh, and most likely Xavier Penson, but that may not matter anyway, regardless. Yeah. But those five were going to be out of Our eligibility. Seniors. Yeah. And now they're just not. Yeah. So. And some of those guys, I'd love to see them come back. And so what, what does that look like for the, you know, for Drew Smith? No way in the world am I saying, yeah, just move on, buddy. It's time for you to go. Right. And does Conzo Martin actually have to have that conversation with him for the sake of his recruiting class coming in? Yeah. And what does it mean for, like, Jeremiah Tillman, which uh, there was actually uh, news or, you know, he Tillman was asked by a reporter um, now that basketball uh, practices are kind of getting underway, what feedback he got from the NFL draft committee. NFL. Yeah. <laughs> NBA draft committee and uh, he was apparently told uh, hit the trailing three run the floor more get more rebounds which are things we'd love to see is if that's really what's going to make the difference in him being draftable by NBA standards is he really going to be there after one more season I tend to think no but what is it really beneficial for him personally to stick around Columbia a a fifth year? I would be great for the basketball team, I think, not having to just rely on Jordan Wilmore in the post after Tillman moves on. But it's very difficult to answer that question yeah. right now. It, none of it makes any sense. It, all of it is difficult to answer right now. Yeah, uh, a, a year or I guess even what would it be eight months or so from now they would be making that decision. Yeah. a lot can happen between now and then. Oh yeah, I have no idea. If Mitchell Smith returns for an 18th season, he's got he would be like 35 by the time <laughs> he would actually leave. Would he be the player in the player out of all Mizzou players in the history of Mizzou basketball? Would he be the player that has spent the most calendar days on the team? Yes, <laughs> and I don't think he'd be close. No, probably not. He would even beat Kevin Perrier. Yeah, yeah, Perrier was here for a long time, but. Uh, per year didn't sit out because of injury and then potentially have an extra year of eligibility. Man, th- That's nuts. There was honestly like three different times where I thought Mitchell Smith might transfer. And he's still here. And he might have an additional season on top of his normal four years of eligibility. That's crazy. Uh, I don't think we have to worry about the record books as much on this one. Uh, obviously, if you've been listening to this podcast, I'm very concerned about Larry Roundtree uh, rewriting all the records for uh, Mizzou football. And that would hurt me a little bit, but I could probably get over it if he wanted to return for another season. I'm trying to think if there's anything going on in, in Mizzou basketball related. Aren't you happy just to know you're watching history? W- with with Roundtree? Yeah. No, because <laughs> is that history? No, it's Absolutely. completely fake. I, no, it's happening. I, I cringe a little bit when I find out that the player that he just passed on the all-time rushing list, the bowl game yardage doesn't count towards his total. It's never going to be. It's never going to be an even playing field. <laughs> it really won't be. Why? Why should it change now? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> I guess you make an okay point there, but just the the inner like stat nerd, uh, history record book nerd, it just makes me worried when I see stuff like that. It doesn't mean anything at some point. Yeah. Oh well. I don't think there's any Mizzou basketball players that are, however, fighting to like break any records is True. what I think you were. Yes. That's what were, I'm saying. Your point you were trying to make there. Yeah. 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 I agree. So I guess we'll, we'll find out much more about that later. I'm very intrigued, very interested to see what, what comes of that. Yeah. There's just a lot of like, I have no idea. I don't know. 
All right, then we will pivot to football. Um, before we get to the game, there's some football-related news. Um, I guess we'll talk about the fact that there is not going to be a game next week. Uh, the game that was supposed to happen with Vanderbilt has been postponed, which is terrible considering Vanderbilt is pretty awful and it looked like it was going to be a nice opportunity for Mizzou to get back-to-back wins. Uh, so that's been postponed. Uh, Florida versus LSU has been postponed due to Florida not being able to field a team according to SEC requirements for COVID. Uh, also, COVID-related Nick Saban has tested positive. Lou Saban. Nick Lou Saban. Uh, now, wish him the best. Hope he's healthy and safe. And then also related to that, I saw where he will not be allowed to coach from home via technology while he's in quarantine. Did you or see that? A hospital bed? Yeah. <laughs> hospital bed. It's been done. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, I believe you're referring to Hugh Freeze coaching his first game at Liberty from the confines of a hospital bed. Interesting you knew that right off your right off the bat. <laughs> That it's his first game at Liberty. That's not something you forget, Kyle. <laughs> anyway, did you know that Nick Saban's not allowed to coach? I didn't know. I didn't know that. No, I yes. hadn't heard that. I saw a headline that said that, and I'm just taking it for gospel. Oh, so. you didn't read the article? You just read the he- you just read the headline? Yeah. Yes. Oh, that's awful. It, unless the article said "just kidding, he can," <laughs> then I'm just going to believe the headline. <laughs> I also think I saw that uh, his his daughter said that he's asymptomatic and is feeling okay. So that's good to hear. That is good to hear. We we want all the coaches healthy. Yes, the dynasty will continue. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Uh, but it's not looking good for SEC football right now with COVID-19 uh, just kind of running roughshod through this conference. It's a mess. Um, it doesn't seem like it's the end of the world right now. Things are still moving forward. That Vanderbilt game for Missouri has been uh, tentatively scheduled for December 12th. Yeah. So Seems really late, but obviously with the, with the late start and all yeah. that, it, it'll make sense. But yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm concerned about uh, Missouri's game against Florida now. I, I think that's very much in jeopardy. And uh, that would be really unfortunate to, I, you know, I almost felt like it was a, maybe a blessing in disguise that the Vanderbilt game got postponed because we get that extra week of rest and another week to prepare for a very good Florida team. Uh, but now it's looking like we might get a little bit too much rest. Because I, I don't know what happens if, if Missouri can't play two, two weeks in a row. Well, we're, now we're going to get to find out what does an Eli Drinkwitz team how do they look after time off? You know, we have always talked about it's how important. Barry Odom teams never looked good after they had any sort of break from uh, football. And now we got a bye week, and we'll see uh, how they respond if they get to play Florida. I legitimately think that, like, really quickly, just another uh, Barry Odom respective moment here. I, I legitimately think that was, like, a a sign in my mind that made me think Barry Odom was in over his head it was like that, that that's like a, a telltale sign of a, of a good coach yeah. is whenever your teams have time to prepare how do, how do they look yeah and Barry Odom teams always looked the complete opposite of good so yeah the opposite of prepared yes, yes. so we'll see we'll see how uh old coach Drinkwitz does uh let's see what else we have here uh one CJ Boone is transferring from Mizzou football uh, wide receiver he i guess was a redshirt freshman but he's he was opting out anyway and now uh, he'll be continuing his football career elsewhere yeah i obviously uh don't know exactly why he's transferring but it could definitely you could see uh realistically he was probably watching the game on saturday uh he had not really cracked the depth chart yet and seeing the guys ahead of him on the depth chart uh, completely go off against LSU. Kind of who were supposed to be the reserve wide receivers now playing very well as starters. Uh, may have seen his path to playing time get a little bit muddier than it was even before. Um, regardless of the reason he is transferring, uh, seems like he had a very difficult decision uh, leaving Mizzou and probably really enjoyed his time here. Seems like a likable guy. Wish him the best. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we'll talk about those wide receivers that were making plays here shortly. Um, any other news you can think of? Anything late breaking we need to add in here? We talked about the Chiefs adding a running back. Uh, okay, well, let's talk about this this uh, LSU game. Let's do it. Um, Missouri won the game, forty-five to forty-one. 
Missouri scored in every quarter, at least a touchdown in every quarter of this game. I've talked about many moons ago on this podcast that if a team can score in every quarter, I really like their chances of winning said game. That's good analysis. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, Mizzou, with the win, improves to 1-2 and two on the season, get the first win, first win of the Eli Drinkwitz era. LSU falls to 1-2 and two and out of the top 25 for good. Goodbye, LSU. It's a hot take. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think this win was really big. I mean, just for the, the mental, the, the mindset of of now losing the Vanderbilt game, at least having to push it back, you're probably going to lose to Florida. I mean, it's a big deal that Missouri is not going to start off the season 0-4, 0-5. I mean, it just feels so good to have a, a win under the belt, and uh, and it's not Vanderbilt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, a, a win under the belt, still having still having the opportunity to play Vanderbilt this season. Exactly. It's just great. Yeah. Uh, this was an exhilarating game to watch. I mean, it was a roller coaster. There were a handful of times where I thought Mizzou was done, that they were not going to be able to recover from just what I deemed backbreaking mistakes, and they did it. Yeah. They overcame adversity in a game and pulled out a win a, a, in a hotly contested matchup against a team that was scoring pretty much at will. We'll get to the goal line stand here at the end, but I don't know. Where, where do you want to start here? I mean, I just can't – I feel like we can't overstate how impressive this team was in just battling back from just terrible situations over and over again. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm going to have to take another shot at the uh, Barry Odom uh, era here, but, I mean, clearly this game was – we showed something that we had not shown for a long time, and that was the ability – to overcome like backbreaking mistakes and yeah. those mistakes were still there uh that we saw sometimes and uh, you know a few years ago um some of the punt uh muffs and some of the fumbles and all that stuff but um just the ability to bounce back and and not seem to be like completely bothered by it was yeah. was definitely new yeah absolutely and just actually pulling out the win i mean yeah, that too going back to the kentucky game two years ago that uh, missouri lost in uh well, I'll save that. I'll save that for when we save talk about it. the goal line stand because the, the parallels there are uncanny. Um, let's talk about this Mizzou offense because I was worried. I was legitimately worried. We had two weeks of not a whole lot going on. And uh, granted, LSU's defense is potentially awful. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you know this, Mississippi State, Obviously, we know they their quarterback broke the single-game passing record in SEC play against this LSU defense. Then he was terrible against Arkansas, and now he's been benched. So he did that against LSU, and he's actually not great. And now they've given up 400 yards and four touchdowns to a redshirt freshman. They're not looking good. But it's crazy whenever you throw 100% of the time, it's like teams figure out what you're going to do. <laughs> yeah. It's weird how that works. Well, but whenever the first game of the season, when nobody knows what you're going to do yet, it works out pretty well. You think nobody knew that Mike Leach, uh, Mike Leach coached <laughs> offense was going to throw known. the ball 800 times? They should have known. They should have known, but they just they did know, I would argue. And I, and also, this is Bo Pelini, who coached against Mike Leach in the Big 12. Yeah. So he knew what was coming and just absolutely could not stop it. And Missouri took advantage of the same defense this week. Bazelak looked incredible. He continues to impress. He continues to look poised. I mean, he won the SEC Freshman of the Week award. Mm -hmm. I saw he won another National Quarterback award. Yeah, he threw over 30 times and completed like 80% of his passes. That's absolutely mind-blowing. 29 of 34. Yeah. Four touchdowns, over 400 yards. I mean... That is a career day for any quarterback ever at yeah. any level. And, On any uh, team, yeah. Yeah, and he did that in his basically first full start um, in in college. That's just yeah. crazy. What would you – know, I'm putting the cart before the horse here, but uh, I would have – I feel like he would have had some kind of two-game record. Like he'd been looking at something special in Mizzou history if he would have had the opportunity to play Vanderbilt this week, you know, combining the stats from those two. 
probably wouldn't, would have been up there as far as a two-game stretch for a quarterback in Mizzou's history. Yeah, Drew Locke put up some cr- crazy numbers uh, as well, but according to the announcers, Missouri hasn't had a good offense in years. <laughs> yeah, they, they kind of forgot about Drew Locke. Yeah, they did. And uh, the year he broke the SEC uh, single-season touchdown record. That was record. like two years ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they had an okay offense there for a little while under Barry Odom. Yeah, they did. But uh, speaking of the announcers, though, I mean, that was kind of a train wreck. And now, to their credit, they were calling this game from home. I was going to say, <laughs> did you realize they were, like, on Zoom? I didn't this until they home? showed them, that like, sitting would, in their houses. That was amazing. Yeah, I was. I did a double take. I was and, cracking up when I saw that. But to their credit, I wouldn't have realized it. The audio, the audio quality, not with the words they were saying, <laughs> but the sound of it was pretty good quality. So yes. it probably had nothing to do with them. But right. Uh, you yeah. wouldn't have known they were on Zoom if you if you didn't see them in their homes. Yes, at the beginning ESPN of the game. did something special there with that broadcast. Um, they didn't have special announcers though. They, <laughs> I don't know, SEC alternate. Yeah, channel. Yeah, I know. They they kind of had to scramble to put together something. They there clearly found o'clock. out they were calling a Missouri game two days before the game. Yeah, and then they found out that all the wide receivers were like were going to be reserve wide receivers, and they were like, "Oh God, what do yeah. we do?" Yeah, they started looking at uh, who's going to play, and then they <laughs> got word that they were missing a lot of starters, and I would have just said, "Yeah, forget it. I'll they, call it. I'll call it like I see it." That's what they did. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, getting back on track here, uh, talking about this Mizzou offense. Uh, we talked about Bays, like how good he looked. The wide receivers. I mean, we had guys. I literally didn't know, and I still can't tell you his name unfortunately number 31 Deontay Smith yeah he came out of nowhere and yeah made some plays he I mean he's a he's a walk-on he's a guy that I knew nothing about a few weeks ago uh I saw some like preseason Mizzou football Instagram content that they had put out and I saw number 31 in multiple days was making a lot of plays on these videos I'm like who in the world is number 31 and I thought maybe it was just like a guy I knew that had a number change or something but I think I at some point ended up finding his Instagram profile and I still didn't know who he was. And then uh, he's very much made a name for himself uh, in actual Mizzou football games now. And I'm not sure that he is going to be a walk on for much longer. Next time you see somebody blowing up the Instagram videos, just give me a heads up. So I just know who these guys are. I know I, I rely on you to be uh, <laughs> the more educated one uh, as far as the football roster goes. So, um, but who would have thought that this guy was going to I mean, I mean, logically, what is he? I just, seventh or eighth yeah, wide I mean, receiver? I, I just thought it was one of those like spring game things where like somebody catches a touchdown and we think they're relevant and then we never hear them again. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was one of those kind of things, but it's apparently not. Well, you could have had a just an epic like prediction there if you were like, hey, watch out for this guy. Nobody would have remembered if he had just never done anything. Nobody would have remembered anyway, probably. But <laughs> true, I'm making <laughs> a prediction now. Deontay Smith is going to be going to be a really good player. How about that? <laughs> How many catches he can have the rest of the season, you think? I don't know. I'll put it at I'll put more it at. or less than ten. More. Okay. Fifteen. Woo. <laughs> That'd be impressive. Write it down. All right. Uh yeah, so no Kiki Chisholm, no uh Hazleton. And uh Jalen Knox though, he he did everything you could want. I mean, he's so versatile. Somebody on Twitter said that it seemed like Coach Drinkwitz has unlocked Jalen Knox. Oh, and 100%. I, that just seems so obvious now. And it kind of just makes you wonder how the previous offensive coaches couldn't really figure out how to use him effectively. Now, his freshman year, he made some plays, but it just seems like they are using his athleticism just perfectly. I think uh, in comparison to the Eli Drinkwitz offense, the Derek Dooley offense was very vanilla. Uh, To put it as simply as possible, I don't think they were using anybody in the way that they're being used now. And maybe that's why it took a little bit of time to get the offense off the ground is because I truly think that this offense is complicated. Uh, What do you think about the term eye candy? They were using that a lot. Does that bother you? Well, I mean, I know what they're trying to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, kind of the deception, the pre Right. Pre-snap I've heard motion. eye candy. What else have I heard? Window dressing. Yes, I've heard that uh, being used. I just prefer the term misdirection. That works. That's... That is exactly what it is. Yeah. And I think... It was very effective on yes. Saturday. And even when it's not effective, it is an attempt at misdirection that is just isn't working. Mm-hmm. So maybe if it's not working... Uh, those other terms just seem too negative for me. It seems like it's... Eye candy? Yeah, yeah. It seems like there's no substance to it. Okay. 
you know, that it's just frivolous. Okay. And I'm saying it has a purpose and it is useful. And it, in this LSU game, yeah, the offense proved why they do all that stuff. Yeah. So far, Jalen Knox has been like the number one, like a benefactor from like this upgrade in an offensive scheme. And uh, he, he has like shown displays of speed. I didn't know he had. I knew he was a really talented guy and I, I liked him as a recruit coming in, but he, he's been very impressive so far. Yeah, uh, five receptions for 56 yards in this one, uh, as well as three rushes for 20 yards and a touchdown. So versatile. It kind of mirrors uh, Tyler Beatty's game, actually. Uh, just reverse the rushes and receptions. Uh, Beatty, five rushes for 39 yards and a touchdown. Three receptions for 28 yards and a touchdown. Both of those guys, we, we hoped and prayed that Tyler Beatty would be used like this, and they're basically using... Uh, Jalen Knox in the same way yeah they're just you know Knox isn't lining up in the backfield and just taking handoffs but the versatility that they're that they're showing with those two guys I that's exactly what I hoped for when I watched Appalachian State uh, videos from last year yeah Yeah, it's gonna be tough to to game plan for Missouri because they have so many weapons and they've they've used so many of them and so many different guys have become involved Uh, I guess I want to ask you this now I mean uh, are Kiki Chisholm and Damon Hazelton now a little bit worried about their job security or their their role in the in the starting offense? Or maybe let me ask you this: Is their leash a little bit shorter maybe than it was before? Well, perhaps it doesn't really matter. Uh, they don't really factor in, in my opinion, to the decision that's being made here. I don't think they were like so terrible that you just have to forget about them or be worried that they're not going to be able to perform. I It's a travesty that we couldn't have seen those two go up against this, what I'll call a Swiss cheese uh, LSU defense. That's fair. Because this is the kind of opportunity where you can just make plays. And when the defense can't stop the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth string wide receivers, I mean, some of these huge plays in this game, Michael Wilson, Caught a long touchdown pass. Um, How do you pronounce his first name? Dove is his last name. Toski. Toski Dove. The very first, or one of the very first offensive plays for Missouri was the um, flea flicker. And uh, Dove takes it to the house, made an athletic play on the ball. Honestly, out of anybody on Saturday, I thought Toski Dove looked like the guy that you cannot take off the field. Yeah. Like, going forward. Yeah, obviously Knox is going nowhere. Right. Yeah, you have to. Dove should be getting as many snaps as Chisholm and Hazelton. I agree. At minimum. I wouldn't I, mind seeing Michael Wilson out there. Maybe put him out there at punt return. Oh, I mean, you could think of the possibilities with Michael Wilson with trick yeah. plays and his ability to throw. He looked very athletic uh, yeah. out there. Yeah, he did not look like a former quarterback. When he caught no. that pass, Like I would not have recognized him based off of his body. No, the only reason I, I mean, knew it was him is because of his number. Yeah. But, like, wow. Yeah. He looked like a specimen. Great defense on that play too <laughs> right <laughs> like yes. not a guy another guy in the frame of the television screen yeah that was honestly one of those where it's like is he too wide open that yeah, something oh yeah. bad's gonna I happen i thought here? that he like overthrew him or yeah. so i thought he missed the throw actually at one point he was, it was perfect, so open though. yeah that was 41 touchdown 41 yard touchdown pass to michael wilson it's beautiful man i love watching connor bays like throw the ball yeah <clears throat> we talked about it a little bit last week but he just something about the the touch he throws on the ball just it looks like it's just so beautiful. And yeah. It's so catchable. Yeah. I agree. Um, Chance Looper, another guy who he made his mark. catch. Yep. One catch. I still think he should have scored on that play. Uh, you know, you got to use the open field to your advantage, especially when you got a blocker. But I'll cut him some slack. You know, I, I probably could have scored there, but I'll cut him some slack, you know. <laughs> oh, you think so, huh? No, absolutely not. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, it's two weeks in a row. Two guys making their first career catch in a crucial moment of the game. Logan Christopherson last week and uh, Chance Looper this week. Uh, speaking of tight ends, Nico Hay caught a touchdown pass. And correct me if I'm wrong, but this, or if you disagree, that play where Bazelak faked the handoff on the jet sweep and then found Nico Hay over the middle, that looked to me just like Drew Locke faking a handoff and finding Alberto for a touchdown that we saw so many times when he was the quarterback. You know, Hay did that like kind of pretend to block for half a second and then go out for the pass mm-hmm. that alberto always just he pretty much perfected that 
and he would just be uncovered. Was it this past week that they ran kind of the Andy Reid like tight end shovel pass? Yes, yes. That was beautiful as yeah. well. That was, I believe, to to Nico Hay as well. Yeah, that looked really good. Yeah, that that looked like the Chiefs right there. Um, let's see what else we need to talk about in this office. How about Mr. Larry Roundtree? Mm. And you know we know how good he is but there just seems like there's some games where he just can't really get going and in this one from start to finish he was making guys miss he was breaking tackles and when he had some space he was just gobbling up yards he's Um, looked excellent all year really and i always just kind of feel like he deserves a few more opportunities but and i think that just all is kind of the plan is of not looking too one-dimensional but Mm. uh man he has looked fantastic yeah, in this one, 18 rushes for 119 yards. That's almost seven yards per carry. When, if you're going to average over six and a half yards per carry, I kind of want to see him run the ball 25 times. Yeah. Like, l- prove that they can stop him for no gain a few times. Yeah. Uh, the only thing was Connor Bazelak was completing every single pass he threw yeah. also and i we i would have loved to see uh more of that as well so both just teams, like everything yeah. was working both teams were scoring in a hurry yes, in this one absolutely before we're done talking about the offense yes let me give a shout out to this freaking offensive line who i mean they were like my number one concern coming into the season i mean i'm like i don't even know who some of these guys are they went through a lot of them had covid at some point a lot of them have disappointing been, unit last year they've lost a couple of starters to injury hyron white is out for the year and has not played at all i want to specifically shout out my boy larry borum uh okay this dude is massive i don't know his exact measurables but i'm sure he's north of 300 pounds he's probably six five he's playing right tackle and when i heard he was playing right tackle this year i mean i was like this, there's no way this is going to work and i mean i'm sure he's a good player and but i was very concerned about this guy being mobile enough athletic enough to um to play right tackle yeah well let me tell you what larry borum's done so far uh he's played all 208 snaps at right tackle this season he's not allowed a single quarterback pressure pressure not a single quarterback pressure that's not sack (laughs) yeah his guy is not even getting close to the quarterback i'm close it's really impressive that's insane honestly yeah and yeah for it to not be his natural position and this offensive line kind of just being cobbled together by who's healthy and available to play yeah the o-line has been really really good yeah and obviously i mean missouri as, as a team in this one you know Beatty and roundtree Beatty almost averaged eight yards per carry so when two guys are doing it, making it look easy, ripping off big runs, it's not just the running backs that are making that happen. Same with a quarterback being so efficient. You know, that's not all on him. Both of those things come back to the offensive line protecting and opening up holes in the running game. So, yeah, honestly, it's one of those positions where if everything's going according to plan, you don't think about them. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, yeah, we're, we don't even have to think about the offensive line because. Yeah. They're doing so well. Don't forget Michael Mietti. Oh, yes. Michael Mietti. Yes. Uh, Kyle, the, uh, the special teams, um, they had some ups and some downs in this one. We'll talk about the downs first. And it involves returning punts. Or Sounds familiar. not being able to return punts. And it's like a joke now. It's, it literally... For Mizzou fans over the last, I don't know, feels like Ain't 75 years. Nothing funny about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very unfunny joke at this point that the punt returners just can't hold on to the ball. Yeah, clearly, like, he got in his own head after yeah. he did it the first time. Yeah. But, of course, we're talking about Chris Abrams' dream. Yes, we freshman are. Freshman who, bless his heart, he was out there doing a job that probably no, not many people want to do. Thankless job. Yes. Um I want to take all the extra eligibility that the NCAA is handing out willy-nilly. I want to give it all to Rashad Floyd. I want him to return punts from Missouri for the rest of eternity. If he can't do it, then just... I'm sure he could get like a reverse waiver to come back yeah. and play. I mean, might as well at this point. Yes. I'll, well, I'll, I'll ask him. 
ask him if he's up for it. Yeah. Or ask the NCAA if that's okay. Both. I guess we'll have to do both. All right. But we'll make it happen. <laughs> I like that idea. Okay. Well, will Chris Abrams Drain ever field another punt for Missouri? I want to say no, but that's part of me just thinking that he shouldn't. I mean, I don't know. I, I hate to just discard him. I mean, let him play another position. You know, let him you know, let him play his normal position and be great. But I don't know if he's cut out for the punt return game. I, I feel like you you can't get over it's hard for guys to get over a, a one game like this. Yeah. Well, that's why you play people like Vanderbilt and it gives time to practice. Yeah. Uh, maybe the reps don't mean as much, hopefully, but, uh, I, I think we'll see him out there again. And, uh, I think he, I think he's really talented. I think he will be really good at that job once he figures out how to catch the ball. Uh, and I 100% think it's all mental at this point. Like, what if I mess up again? What Mm -hmm. if I drop it again? Mm -hmm. Uh, that is probably terrifying, but he needs to get back out there. You need to say, Hey man, this is what you're here for to make electric plays, to catch punts, and then to earn a spot as a dynamic wide receiver. I'll be electrified if they if he just holds on to the ball. Yeah. Fair catch 100% of the time. Yeah. I'm, I'm all for it. And Kyle, would you have said the same thing, too, about it, one Jonathan Johnson? Or maybe maybe were you on the side of get him out of there, get somebody else back there? Uh, probably. Yeah. I think after Jonathan Johnson had, had shown – time and time again after like multiple years i was definitely like there was definitely a time where i was like i never want to see i never want to see him catch a punt ever again there was definitely at that moment and maybe early on i was thinking like i'll be fine yeah so hopefully this is not the same thing all right okay we'll give him a second chance we'll give him a second chance we'll give him a third chance i'm not getting multiple years worth of chances yeah maybe not in like a big game (laughs) at least not right away (laughs) let him get his confidence exactly i i still am in favor of Go find the fastest person you can. Bring them onto the team solely just to return punts. Mike Wilson looked pretty good. Yeah. But what you have to do then is every practice, all they do is catch punts. All they do is catch punts over and over. I want 100 caught punts a day. Yes. From my sole punt returner. Hey, make you special teams coordinator. How funny would that be? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I punt only, coordinator, oh, punt, punt return, punt coordinator. Return specialist. catching <laughs> yes. coordinator, and, and it's not that it's not that hard. You don't have to game you plan. Stand there, you like, catch it. Yes, don't you, drop it. Yeah, all the coach needs to do is find. You know what? Forget about them being fast. I don't even want them to return it. No, they don't need to be <laughs> fair. Catch every time. Catch the ball every time. One hundred percent. There you go. Or just don't put anybody back there. I would be okay with that. <laughs> I don't know if I'm quite there yet, but I might get to that point. Max pump block. Exactly. Go for the block, <laughs> down it where it lands, let it be a touchback. Who cares? Okay. Just don't give it to the other team. I agree. All right. Uh, the special teams did do a couple good things, though, so we must mention that. They had a wonderful blocked field goal, and uh, that was a huge play. And then uh, our guy, Harrison Mevis. Mevis. Mevis? Probably Mevis. Okay. Not, not sure. I'll look it up sometime. I guess we'll go with Mevis. Kyle wants to do Mevis. <laughs> then uh, he was one for two. The miss, who cares, uh, 56 yards. Yeah. But, uh, he has my unconditional love. Yes. Even the make, 52 yards. And it seemed automatic. Like, I honestly wasn't terribly worried that he was going to miss the 52-yarder. No. Which is a dangerous place to be going forward if you just think – yeah, he can make it. So I need to go back to assuming all the field goals are going to be missed, and then he will never disappoint me. How about that fake punt? Did you like that? Oh, man. I apparently had blocked that out of my memory. But that, yeah. was, that was the single worst play of the whole game, in my opinion. What was it, like fourth and nine? Yeah. Like they they brought LSU, the offense out. Or in their own territory. Or they kept the offense out there to, you know, look like they were going to go for it. Yeah. LSU called a timeout. So they brought the punt team out. And then they just should have punted. Yeah. You got him to use a timeout. That's like as good as you can get here. Exactly. What more do you want? Yeah. Kick the ball. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, clearly they were calling this game from the get-go. Like we are going to use everything in our arsenal to win this game. Like the, all the trickery, all the 
flea flickers and i mean they did like two different kinds of flea flickers in the first half and like the fake punt and all this stuff but i'm all for it if it works so the fake punt we talked about the muffed punts the fumble there was another uh, play the round tree fumble right basically on like that five yard line yeah that was awful so let me just tell you let me just put all these back to back to back to back back. fake punt fail at the mizzou uh, basically at midfield 47 yard line abrams drain muffed punt at the mizzou 25 yard line next play lsu touchdown bays strip sack mizzou 31 yard line lsu field goal roundtree fumble on the, on the five yard line lsu touchdown two plays later those plays when you just give the other team the ball in such incredible field position it's and lsu's offense is good i mean we got to talk about the fact that um Miles Brennan was 29 of 48 for three, 430 yards and four touchdowns himself. Mm-hmm. Now they absolutely abandoned the run, but they were pretty much moving the ball at will and Missouri kept handing it to them in a prime position to capitalize. It is absolutely amazing. Missouri won this game. Like with just that information, if Missouri plays a cleaner game, is this game even, even close? I, yeah. I mean, yeah, Missouri should have won this game by three touchdowns, maybe. If they don't turn the ball over yeah. five times, then yeah, they probably do. Yeah, there's no way. I mean, even though LSU's defense or LSU's offense was performing well, there's no way they score 41 points without all those yeah. freebie yards. Yeah, from you're the right turnovers. though. Miles Brennan was was impressive. Uh, they have two. They have a tight end and a wide receiver, both that had incredible games. And at, I was really thinking we may not have an answer for these guys and we kind of didn't but we just i guess stopped them just enough to to get what we needed but those guys are very talented yeah gilbert is the tight end he had six receptions for 97 yards and a touchdown marshall the wide receiver 11 catches 235 yards and three touchdowns just give him my fantasy team seriously (laughs) almost four touchdowns we'll we'll get to that in just Mm, yes we will um now up until what we're about to talk about, Mizzou's defense, uh, <laughs> they were okay. They were good enough. Yes. To weather the storm. Um, Nick Bolton did have 11 tackles, three pass deflections. One of those in particular. We're going to talk about that. Uh, anything else you want to say before we get to the end here uh, uh, with Mizzou's defense in particular? uh not really i mean the d-line was was bad i mean they they were fine i mean they they got some pressure on the quarterback every once in a while they they hit him a few times uh lsu did not for whatever reason did not run the ball at all so that was really nice (laughs) that our d-line didn't have to be tested in that way well kyle they ran the ball 20 times for 49 yards or 2.5 yards per carry okay so good job but it's very forgettable good job uh, rushing performance yeah nick bolton obviously incredible um the safeties I mean, they had a really tough. They had a very tough job. Oh, yeah. covering who they had to cover in that yeah, game. Yeah, the secondary in general. Yeah, uh, there were some plays though where it was like the Missouri's defensive line was actually getting some pressure for a change, but Miles Brennan was really good at just kind of rolling out of the pocket and staying poised. Yeah, and keeping his eyes downfield. And you know there were just a couple plays where I thought, okay, this is going well, and then all of a sudden it would be a huge pass play, pass completion for LSU. Uh, and one in particular, the one in the corner of the end zone for the touchdown, where Brennan was kind of scrambling to the sideline and threw to the opposite corner, and it was just all basically wide open. And uh, they had to review it for some reason. I I thought it it was pretty obvious it was a touchdown live, but. Mm-hmm. Um, luckily we're able to take a second look at those things and it w- upon further review it was clearly a touchdown but that play in particular was one where i was just like yikes how can the you know it's not like he's standing back there it's not like you're having to cover for like four or five seconds he's he's doing a good job of extending the play and giving his wide receivers an opportunity to get open but man i guess i guess we can just chalk it up to excellent wide receivers very athletic players but it was still just kind of disappointing to see the defensive line almost make plays and LSU's offense just go ahead and execute anyway. Mm-hmm. 
Cam, what do you think about the uh, what do you think about the track? <laughs> and for Field. Okay, so you mentioned that because on that exact play where the touchdown catch was made, uh, the LSU player took a few steps out of bounds and immediately slipped and fell on his back. Completely wiped out. Oh yeah. Do you feel any connection with it with the track? Absolutely I, not. I know I know a lot of Mizzou fans who have been fans for a really long time feel attached to the track. They feel that uh, the little mascot guy has to ride his. It, the mascot guy, his name is Truman. Truman <laughs> has to ride. What's he ride? Like ambulance or something around, <laughs> spraying the crowd. It's a fire truck. It's a fire truck. Yeah. Yes, we like that. <laughs> we do like that. Come on. However, so it I, sounds like the track has to stay. Well, does it need to be a surface that people slip on? No. Can it be some sort of surface that a cleat can depress into? Yes. So as to not be slippery. Yes, I agree. The track is questionable. Not really sure it's necessary. I'm assuming there's no track and or field actually performed on it. I would be shocked missing the proper lineage but uh yeah i think yeah it doesn't really make much sense to me but we see this all over football honestly other stadiums we see it in the nfl where players run into the sideline there's stuff way too close to them random garbage yeah carts crew stuff yes there's benches that just seem way too close and just they plow into it (laughs) so you know like random bystanders that just get taken out yeah which is a little bit funny but also kind of scary yes they seem to recover well, though. Like, Sometimes. almost always, they just, like, pop back up better yeah. than the football player that yeah. just took a hit. Remember but, that one time when uh, Matty Mock, like, totally took out uh, the old ball coach whenever we were playing <laughs> uh, South Carolina a few years ago? Yes, I do remember that. Oh, my gosh. That was really funny. Yeah. And, like, he was probably going to assume that. Was that intentional? He, he maybe, if that was a Mizzou coach on the Mizzou sideline, maybe he would have done something slightly different. <laughs> Maybe tried to avoid him a little bit Without more. saying it was intentional, I'll agree with that. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, get some kind of surface on that track that's not so slippery. Easy. All right, Kyle, you ready to talk about that goal line stand? I'm so ready. I've watched that probably 10, 15 times now since, uh, since it happened live, specifically the last play of the game. But... Uh, uh, where do you even begin here? So LSU, whole game, moving the ball at will. And uh, the series before, when Missouri had the ball, I texted you and I said, Let's, I'd love a seven-minute game-winning drive. Now, they did take the lead, but it didn't take anything close to seven minutes. So that gave LSU the ball with every opportunity to go down the field and score. And for some reason, the announcers were surprised that LSU was taking their time. But I thought they did. a very did. important drive for them. Yeah. That's what the announcer said. Right. Yeah. Good point. The other announcer. Good point. Yeah. Uh, They did everything perfect the entire drive. Like they were using time exactly how they should have. Why would they, there's, there's not really any incentive there to try to like go two for one or something. No, absolutely not. And nobody can stop it. Neither team can stop the other. So why give Missouri any time on the clock at all? Yeah. It seemed almost nightmarishly like uh, poetic that yes. LSU would uh, engineer the most beautiful drive that would take up every second on the clock and and would score a touchdown to win the game. Oh yeah, and that basically looked like what was exactly was going to happen. Yes, they got the ball in the one with like forty something seconds left. Yeah, and <laughs> not only did I think they were going to immediately punch it in, probably on first down, I was okay with it yeah I, in fact i was hoping that they would allow them to do it and like even if you are at lsu i mean even if missouri just lets you walk in 44 seconds or whatever it was is still not probably not enough time right to do anything yeah I, even I in was, that game yeah i was pretty it was pretty much like this is over no yeah. matter what happens here yeah however uh missouri stopped him for a loss on first down Stopped him for no gain on second down. And now it's third and goal with no time left. Yeah. Just enough time for two plays, basically. And now it's all in on this stop. Like, is, is this when you were like, 
okay, I, we might be able to do this. When when no. did that happen for you? Uh, in two uh, in about two plays. <laughs> in two plays from yes. So, yeah, the we'll last get there after it was over. Yeah. Okay, I'll right. tell you. Right. That's when I was confident. Okay, that they were going to be able to do this. Now, on third down, Nick Bolton did give me some confidence. Mm, it's beautiful. What a play! I mean, he had three pass deflections in this game. One of them on third and goal, when their monster of a tight end was going to be wide open to just walk into the end zone, and I thought. You know, when you're watching something live, you don't quite see all the pieces coming together like you can when yeah. you're watching replay after replay. I would, it was over. Yeah. There's like truly incredible, like spatial awareness by yes. Bolden to, I mean, be able to take the correct angle on that. The angle, the timing, everything was perfect. He just played it absolutely perfectly to yeah. bat, the, bat the ball away. I probably wouldn't change anything about how this game went, but if I could change anything, how cool would that have been if he just like caught that ball and just like ran it back for a touchdown or just uh, caught it at all it would have been so sick i feel like he would have caught it and immediately just taken a knee because yeah. he did come up uh limping a little bit after that play yeah however in proper nick bolton true son every mizzou fan's gonna love them for the rest of their lives fashion he said after the game when he was asked about uh potentially not feeling too great after that play he said something like pain is temporary wins are forever I can't love this man any more than I already do. It's like a it's like a brother to me. Coach Trink, Coach Trinkwitz called him a, a warrior, basically. Yeah. I mean, that's just absolutely a warrior's mentality. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I just I think he truly is going to be an outstanding player in the NFL someday. And I don't someday soon. I don't think that about a lot of Missouri players, to be honest. But Nick Bolton truly has that has the mindset, has the ability and the talent to do that. Yeah, incredible play. So that sets up fourth down, and Joshua Bledsoe makes an incredible play of his own. And they they tried to go back to Marshall for his fourth touchdown of the game. Why not? And it was a good play. The quarterback put it on the money. His The receiver's hands were right there waiting for that ball, and Bledsoe just knocked it away at the last second. Fully extended to just barely get a piece of the ball. And that's when I really felt confident that Missouri was going to win this one. Even after that, I was like, any flags, any flags? Okay, we're good. I mean, I had something in my hands for some reason that I was kind of fiddling with. And whatever it was, I think it was like a pen. Just nervously just, fidgeting. Just like yeah. exactly this pen. <laughs> I literally like spiked it on the ground. I think Hannah was like filming me. And I didn't even, my wife Hannah was like filming me. I don't even, I didn't even know why. Or I didn't know that she was. Until Where's this footage? I, until after the fact. And she said she forgot to hit record. <laughs> Uh, she was like behind me she was like i was trying to film you I'm like as much as i want to make fun of her for that i have forgotten to hit record on this very podcast <laughs> once. yes you have that's so, okay uh yeah we're gonna we'll just but, let that slide hannah this time yeah next um, time i'm gonna need that reaction shot for the youtube video <laughs> but uh yeah, I, overwhelmed with joy um you know i i'm not really sure it hit me until like later that night though like how special of a moment this was and um, you know, watching some of the social media coverage of like the locker room celebration and just like really taking the time to analyze like, okay, what was everybody? Well, I was like, what is every single player doing on this play? Yes. And I was looking at the, their celebration and I was just like legitimately becoming like emotional, like just thinking about everything these players have overcome to get to this moment. And even the fact that we're playing football at all. And, uh, you know, just, I know LSU isn't the team that they've been, um, recently but just to be to get a victory against the de- defending national champion is unbelievable and uh just kind of even confirming like coach Drinkwitz being here well, you know just all of these things wrapped up in one was just like kind of overwhelming for me when i really thought about it yeah i mean yeah watching the replay uh, kind of like you said just watching every player that you can the whole bench just erupting and the few people that were actually in the stands hearing them erupt I mean, that's what I was doing at home too, just yelling. I don't know what I yelled, but that I was home alone, so nobody was there to film me. But yes, that just that reaction, and I can just feel and hear Mizzou fans all over the country watching that game have that same reaction. And we've seen that now, like the Mizzou social media is getting engagement like they've never seen. 
and everybody's pumped coming off of that win. And there is something to be said about even though LSU is probably going to have a down year, it doesn't matter if they only win three games the rest of the season or total. LSU I'm talking about. It's still LSU. And honestly, there is still... I think Mizzou players, coaches, and rational fans don't really acknowledge the Missouri doesn't belong in the SEC. But there's that troll argument that still exists always. Oh, yeah. Even though Missouri won back-to-back SEC East uh, division championships and went to the SEC championship twice and was a quarter away from going to the national championship game, beating the an SEC brand name like LSU, I mean, it, it's the equivalent of beating Texas and Oklahoma back in Big 12 days. It's just not something you can count on doing ever. Yeah. Even a, in a down year for them. Right. And like coaches, that they're, if, uh, if a coach lasts a long time at a place like Missouri, I'm thinking about like Gary Pinkle, when he would play Texas or Oklahoma, you would always see Pinkle record versus OU in his time at Mizzou. It was not a good record. Same with Texas. And Missouri, since joining the SEC, they're not going to have a good record against Alabama, not going to have a good record against LSU, Auburn, probably Georgia. But when you can pull off an upset against the brand names of the SEC, it's just going to be remembered for a long time. Honestly, it's going to be remembered in, in, in LSU being in the SEC West, where you just don't get that opportunity very often. You know, the next time Missouri plays LSU, that's going to be in the back of their minds. And that the Mizzou players are going to know we can play with this team. We can beat this team. Yeah, it was like the first time LSU had ever been to Columbia, Missouri. That's pretty crazy. So exciting. And uh, Coach Drinkwitz, I mean, he did something in this game by pulling this off that, I don't know, I was trying to think about this is the biggest win for Mizzou football since what? I mean, like Georgia 2013 or A&M to clinch the division that year. Yeah. How how does where do you put the, just the the win against Florida from a few years back? How where do you I don't know. That that one's hard to place for me. Since it is, since it was just Florida, you know they weren't uh, coming off a national championship or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, just knowing that Mizzou wasn't as successful that season as they were in 2013 and 2014, I think just automatically I rank it a little bit below some of those other games because it wasn't as meaningful in the the it, full season. Isn't that going to be the same thing this season though? Yes, and, and that's what I was probably. about to say. Was yeah, I mean, but if you're just looking at it in a vacuum, I mean, the, all those four games right there are all just. Um, up there as games I'll never forget and we'll we'll always look back fondly on and uh, you know this one was just kind of surprising though you know it was more surprising maybe than some of those other victories it was just not what we expected and uh, just with a new coaching staff too I think makes it even that more exciting because just uh, the fan base just has a hope that maybe it hasn't felt in a while yeah and uh, coach Drinkwood said immediately the first thing he did was call recruits get on the phones, get some reactions, talk it up a little bit, make sure, make sure people were paying attention. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're just as Mizzou fans sometimes, and a lot of fan bases could probably say this, but I think we're just kind of accustomed to that heartbreaking loss. Like, you know, get so close, but just fall short. And we've seen that happen so many times, uh, but we kind of just got over a hump uh, last weekend that we just haven't seen in a while and don't see very often. And um, just to, feel that joy with uh, with everybody on social media and all that stuff it's just really fun and uh it's almost like a healing that you know mizzou fans need sometimes it's just to see mizzou actually get over the hump and and get the job done yeah and we'll we as fans and i think the players will remember that next time they are in a close game next time they do have some mistakes but are still in it that they can go ahead and pull it off well kyle uh that was a lot of fun talking about that game. I might uh, go watch the highlights as soon as I get home again for the 18th time. <laughs> um, Coach Drinkwood said 
that with the week off, he is going to be recruiting. So I was thinking next week, since there's no game to recap, we'll maybe dive into the football recruiting rankings a little bit and look at the state of Missouri. It's a big class. Um, we'll talk about some of the key names there. Does that sound good? Sounds great. All right. Well, then uh, I will turn it over to producer Cameron because we're going to pick some SEC games. Oh, right. All right. See if Kyle can extend his lead on me. This is I'm not comfortable with this. This It's not not a place I've been very often in this in the two years that we've done this game. Well, get used to it. (laughs) Oh, I don't want to. I don't want to. Already coming out of week three. Kyle gained five points. Cameron gained four points. Kyle is leading 16 to 13 after three weeks. It's not that bad. No. There's time. Oh, yeah. Y- y'all are freaking out like it's like it's over. Yeah. Just wait. Just wait till I pick some crazy upset. <laughs> Maybe this week. Oh, yeah. That's what I like to hear. <laughs> uh, we do have one less game this week because uh, no LSU Florida. So that hurts my comeback attempt. Maybe one day the Big Ten will play football. Are they playing this year? Uh, eventually. And then we'll be able to pick Nebraska Three every week. more weeks. We say Three that like every weeks. single week. Like, well, are they playing this year? Last I heard, uh, I don't knows? know, Big Ten, you know. You know, they flip-flop on some issues. Everybody else's season's halfway over. Yeah. Uh, I think, yeah, there's somehow there's still Big Ten teams like in the top five of the polls, even though they, they refuse to play football. Yeah, that's, that's weird. <laughs> anyway, game number one. Number 15, Auburn at... South Carolina, Auburn is a three-point favorite. I'm going to make you pick this one first because I, I want to know. I want to hear what you say here. Auburn. Uh, I think Auburn's a little overrated. Um, they did beat Arkansas last week by two. Congratulations. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to pick South Carolina here. The spread's not that big. Vegas knows it's possible. They're at home. Auburn's overrated like a lot of the time, but especially this year. Give me South Carolina probably regret that all right i'm, I'm gonna go auburn give me that easy points there easy points all right a game two kentucky at number 18 tennessee tennessee is a six point favorite <laughs> give me jg jg J- and J- the tennessee vols jg is he even i think he's been struggling i think they're like i think their freshman quarterback actually got like first team reps in practice he was peyton manning two weeks ago well that's what happens? That's how it happens. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, man. Now he's real-time Peyton Manning. I have no faith in Kentucky to win a game, even though they destroyed. They did last week. Yeah, they destroyed Mississippi State. Well, <laughs> is that even a team? <laughs> um, yeah, give me Tennessee, I guess. I don't like it, but, man, I want to pick Kentucky there. No, it's Tennessee. Yeah. Same. Yes. Okay. I'll have the same. Okay. <laughs> All right. Game three, Ole Miss at Arkansas. Ole Miss is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Arkansas, according to the score, according to the box score, almost beat Auburn. I don't know how close that game actually was, but it ended up being a two-point game. Did you just pick Arkansas or just binding? No, 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 no. <laughs> I just wanted to point put that. Okay. Little. Well, you made a little space in between. So you thought you were just like being like Arkansas. Give me Arkansas. All right. Give me Ole Miss. <laughs> oh. Come on. Ole Miss's offense is going to be too much for the Barry Odom defense. No way. I can't even I can't even say that with a straight face. I, let's go Hogs. Uh, game number Call four. Call the Hogs right now. No. no. I would never no. do that. That's the most – like, I'm sorry, but that's – It's treason. It's that's the, and that's – it's embarrassing, it honestly. Is. It's horrendous. Have you seen the video of, like, the actual like, hog calling competition? <laughs> Has, yes. I've seen that like go viral a few different times in my day. Yes, I. It's really scary, actually. Man. Terrifying. Uh, but I feel like Sam Pittman could probably hold zone in that competition. He probably could. Wow. Anyway, you in Arkansas. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> Give me the upset. Oh wow. At home, let's go. All right, a game number four, number eleven, Texas A&M at Mississippi State. <laughs> Texas A&M is a six and a half point favorite. Mississippi State scored two points their offense didn't even score any points the defense got those points they scored like uh 87 points against lsu 
and they scored two points against Kentucky. Guys, Mississippi State sucks. <laughs> okay, when is it? When are you gonna get that through your skulls? <laughs> Give me an A&M. <laughs> Give me an A&M. Yes, A&M as well for me, please. <laughs> Last game, big time game. Mm. Number three, Georgia at number two, Alabama. Alabama is a six-point favorite. All right, Cam. Sell me Georgia. Oh, hold on. How is Mississippi State, how is Texas A&M not even a touchdown favorite? Because it's at Mississippi State? Because A&M's looked a little suspect. But they just beat Florida. Well, Well, yeah, but got to look at the full body of work. Mississippi State had a random game where they exploded. Yeah. It was, that was, they're, they are... You're saying they're both bad. They're fraudulent is what they are. <laughs> uh, yeah, A&M, I, I really don't think that if – who do they just beat Florida? If they played ten times, they would not. They would beat Florida like one or two times. Wow. They got lucky. They got lucky. God it's because they had fans in the stands. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. They, they actually had the 12th man. I think I specifically said when we were talking about this one, ah, no 12th man. They had <laughs> Kyle they Field like, behind them. <laughs> they were like, hey, forget this. Power of the Kyle. Kyle Field. Power of the Kyle. Wow. Kyle Field. They named that after you. They really did. Wow. Man. Special. Yeah, what, but what was up with that? They filled the upper bowl. That was weird. They they didn't care. No, they didn't. And it's like they tried to hide it or something. Like, why did you, why didn't you just let the whole stadium be? Yeah. Or like disperse those people. Like, why do you make know. them? Why do you make them sit away up a mile in the air? <laughs> Dan mile, Mullen. mile High Stadium. Dan Mullen wasn't happy about it. <laughs> no, he was not. All right. <laughs> what are we talking about? Georgia, Georgia Alabama, Alabama. Oh man. Well, yeah. Sell me Georgia. Sell you Georgia. I want. I, I don't want you to pick Georgia. I think I might pick Georgia. <laughs> I want to pick opposite of you so that I get nice uh, some points. All right. But Sounds I'm picking great. Alabama. I was going to say, all right, I'll pick Alabama. <laughs> I was trying to get that in there really quick. Yes, I pick Alabama. You sure you don't want Georgia? We can't differ on too many games. I can't I just throw away my lead now. You think Georgia, there's just no chance? I think Georgia absolutely has a chance, but I, I would definitely like to pick Alabama, I think. Alabama did not look all that great against Ole Miss, but scored sixty three points. Ole Miss has an incredible offense that they're going to defeat Arkansas with this. Upcoming Georgia week. walloped Tennessee forty four to twenty one. That was impressive. Gotta say, winner of that game is going to be number one in the nation. I think. Well, we'll see. We're both picking Alabama. Yeah. All right. Got to start my comeback. Uh, let's go Lou South Sa- Carolina. Lou Saban. What's South Carolina's offense coordinator name? It's something silly. Mike Bobo. Yeah, Mike Bobo. You're rooting for him? Yeah, you didn't. (laughs) (laughs) No. Go Auburn. I mean, you can can send him your your good thoughts, Uh, and that's fine. No, no, no. Mike Bobo sucks. Okay. Get him out of there. All right. Sounds good. Let's go Auburn. Let's end this. Y'all ready to wrap this up? (laughs) Yes. All right, everybody. You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. We are on Twitter and Instagram at Missouri Sports Pod, and you can email us at MissouriSportsPod at gmail.com. We sent out a shirt this week. Somebody bought one from MissouriSportsPod.BigCartel.com. You stole his line. Yes. yes. <laughs> what else can they get? Uh, stickers. They're oh, kind of yeah. cool, too. Yep. Your size, you might, we might run out of your size of shirt, so get, get, them, them, while get them while they're hot. <laughs> thank you for your hot. support. <laughs> thank you for your support. Thank you. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll see you next week.